It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pankowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Timmy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are those markets doing today? Markets are in the green again, and the S&P is flirting with that 5,000 level. And, you know, a lot of investors are, you know, still looking at the rearview mirror going, you know, what happened? I thought the markets weren't good. Um, You know, markets have bounced uh, almost 20% since the low in October. A lot of that is for, um, or as I should say, because of the Fed pausing on interest rates. But what's really kept this rally going is earnings. Earnings have been fantastic uh, that we've seen, uh, especially this quarter. And so that's continuing the momentum. Uh, And then next on the list that investors are really looking at is when are they going to actually start reducing rates? And even though Jerome Powell spoke last week and um, there's doubt that they're going to reduce rates in the U.S. um, uh, in in terms of March and and what we're looking at, what I'm looking at is that even if it's not March, it could be the next meeting or the meeting after that. But what we do know is that that's happening this year. Um, and inflation has come down a lot from where it was before. Uh, earnings are strong. The consumer is strong. The labor market is strong in the U.S. So there's a lot of reasons to still be positive out there. Again, some of the risks I see out there is commercial real estate in, in Canada and the U.S. for various reasons, a lot of vacancies out there. But overall, uh, the news is has been good. And again, we're active managers. We'll make changes if we need to, to clients' portfolios, depending on, you know, what's thrown at us. Uh, but at this point uh, in the economic cycle and what we're seeing out there, things are, are fairly good. And and the reason I mentioned the U.S. so much, Simi, um, even though we're, we're, of course, up here in Canada, is, is what matters to your portfolio is really what happens in the U.S. in terms of the Fed. Um, a lot of the earnings, I, I mean, we own Canadian and U.S. Uh, equities. However, we're more weighted to the U.S. just because, again, the exposure exposure to some of those areas that we don't have um, up here in Canada, such as technology, which we'll talk uh, later on about uh, in the program. Okay, yes, that's coming up. But I also wanted to ask you about the fact that, you know, 2024 is a big election year in the United States. It's a presidential election year. Um, How does that impact the markets? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's the U.S. election is very emotional for Canadians, I feel. You know, I, I often get questions about, you know, depending on who wins the election, which party, you know, how does that affect the markets? And they're always, you know, a little fearful of, of how things could turn out. And, and really leading up to the election, there can be some volatility. You can get, you know, markets swaying one way to or another, but not by much usually. Uh, historically, markets tend to perform well in election years. Uh, so that, again, kind of um, debunks the myth out there that markets are going to go down um, depending on the election. So, so yeah, so usually um, it's a good year for markets, uh, especially after an election. Uh, also, it, it doesn't really matter who wins the election or which party, even though, again, I, you know, people are quite emotional about the candidates and and who they don't want to get in. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, and so what we need to focus on, what the markets focus on is where we are in the economic cycle. Um, you want to be careful of maybe of some of the sectors that you may have exposure to in your portfolio. I mean, being overweighted healthcare may be affected depending on which party um, uh, wins. Um, and also, 
you know, depending on which party wins, there could be tax cuts as well or uh, favorable tax situations out there. And so what we could see is, is some sectors rise based on that. So again, this is happening later on this year. And, um, and I think what you should be focused on more is, again, what the Fed is doing, what's happening with interest rates, um, what's happening with inflation, uh, consumers and the labor market. And, and the election will come and go. And, and very rarely, Simi, a lot of people don't realize this, there's rarely has there been a recession in an election year. I think it's only happened four times since World War II. So again, there's a lot of things that are favorable for the market this year. And that's what we're focused on right now. So 2008 was pretty rare then. Yeah, 2008 uh, definitely would have been rare, but there was a whole lot of other things going on at That's that so time, true. too. Uh, the, the financial the crisis, yeah. um, you know, and, and that was created um, many years before it actually happened, right? And in terms of every American should own real estate and rates were very low and, you know, people were buying homes and multiple homes they couldn't afford and then the banks were packaging that up and selling it as an investment. And so there's a whole lot of things going on in 08. So I, I don't view... Uh, where we are today at all, anywhere close to what happened in 08 there. Okay. Now, Lori, I heard this phrase um, referring to certain company stocks as Magnificent Seven. What is that? Yeah, there's a, you know, a lot of talk about the Magnificent Seven um, over the past uh, year, but even more so the last six months. And even clients who don't follow the markets are bringing up the Magnificent Seven. So I thought I would, uh, you know, talk about that more on air. And <clears throat> the Magnificent Seven are, are made up of uh, Alphabet, so Google, Amazon, Apple, Meta, Microsoft, uh, NVIDIA, and Tesla. And a lot of these companies did very, very well in 2023. Many of them did very poorly in 2022. And they're a big weight uh, of the S&P 500. So kind of where they go, the S&P 500 goes. And so, um, you know, the group is made up of, of some of the largest stocks. And so when I was saying the weight of the S&P 500, uh, it's over 30% just for those seven companies. And 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 so they're very influential and uh, they're kind of the market darlings right now. And, and that does also concern me uh, to a certain degree after doing this for almost 25 years. Um, no darlings uh, stay darlings, I would say, usually, you know. Um, and we're starting to see that now through this earnings season that there's some of these companies that are stronger than others. And, and first you want to look at what differentiates uh, these companies. Uh, Alphabet and Meta or Facebook, they sell ads. Amazon is obviously an online retailer, the world's biggest supplier of cloud services. Apple sells phones and other gadgets. And Microsoft is the world's biggest software vendor and leading I, uh, AI player. NVIDIA sells semiconductors uh, for, for AI or chips, I should say. <clears throat> and Tesla sells cars. So, so why are they all in this same group together, right? And and so some of that is is just because of the weight of the S and P five hundred. Um, most of them are technology focused, of course. Tesla now they're now they're saying the magnificent six semi um, because Tesla's decline. It's oh um, really that bad. Yeah, it's, it's it's come down a lot. Uh, Tesla's down 25% year to date. This isn't the stock that we own or, or really have, have ever owned. And so a lot of investors are starting to realize all these companies are not created equally. And so Apple had <clears throat> mixed performance as a stock. We sold close to the high. <clears throat> Sorry, um, uh, their sales growth has been kind of 
um, you've been reduced quarter after quarter. And so that's a, a company that we wanted to kind of uh, step aside from and look at re-adding it at some point in the future. Uh, you've got Microsoft uh, is a company that we own. They had great earnings. Obviously, their leadership in artificial intelligence. Amazon is another company we own. Um, and they had a great quarter. Uh, again, fourth quarter is very strong for them, usually due to Christmas and so on. And and so, and then Meta, which is Facebook. Again, this is a, a company that we owned and we took profits on. It was up twenty percent in a day um, due to earnings. They had a blowout quarter. But again, that's rare for a company, right? And if you look at the chart, it's it's come a long way. And and again, that may be a stock that we want to add back. But these are things you got to look at as an investor, whether you're trading online on your own or you've got a financial advisor. And the other thing is, is a lot of people expect that they should have, um, you know, 50% of their portfolio in these, you know, magnificent uh, six or seven stocks. And that's just not the case, right? So I mean, you want to, you want to maintain diversification always, because these six or seven stocks will not always be the hype, just like they weren't in 2022. Many of them were down 50% plus. And so you want to maintain that diversification throughout 2024, have some exposure to the strong companies within this magnificent seven and just stay on your toes about the news that's coming out whether it's economic news or whether it's corporate news all right good advice as always Lori. thank you thanks so much to me have a great day you too that's Lori pinkowski Lori's the senior portfolio manager at canaccord genuity you can contact our team directly actually 604-695-l-o-r-i or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca